Hi there, your buddy the humble farmer here with an hour of old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. A woman once knocked at my door. When I opened the door, I saw her standing there with her small dog. And I said, hi, doggie. And after thinking about that for a couple of seconds, I said, ooh, I'm sorry, yeah, how does it feel to have someone ignore you and greet your dog? She said, it's like living with my husband. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. ah, Watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Once again, I forget to shut off the fan. <laughs> Sounds like I'm recording on top of a mowing machine here. In a small town way down in the eastern part of Maine, which is Washington County, two friends were talking, 
and one allowed as how social opportunities were somewhat limited there in that small town. And he said, you know, I have dated every woman in Washington County except my mother and my sister. And his friend said, well, you ain't missed much. Django here on the Humble Farmer. How do you know, how do you know when the honeymoon is over? What made you realize that you'd been married a long, long time? One morning when I woke up, before I could even groan and get my eyes open, my wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, whispered in my ear, Will you please put the windows back in so I can finish painting them?
Ghana, Ghana. Sounded like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> plink, plink. Perhaps you get these emails too, you know, the ones that ask you for $5 or $25 to help defeat someone in Congress who is not doing the job that really needs to be done. The one I got one day said, if we can hit one million this week, we'll have a great shot of replacing Senator so-and-so. Isn't this staggering that it takes millions of dollars to run for Congress? This means that you can't run for Congress unless you're very well healed to begin with, and, and even then your friends are going to have to kick in millions of dollars to buy the television ads that are necessary nowadays to get you elected. And, and of course then, what happens then? The people who put up the money to get you elected will own you if you win the election. With our present system, of course, that only makes sense. It makes sense. If you turn your back on the people who gave you the money that got you into Congress, wouldn't they be foolish to help you get elected again? Anyway, that's the system we have now. Can you imagine an election where no political advertisements of any kind were allowed and voters had to make their decisions on what the candidates said or what they read about them? Don't expect to see your local newspapers or television stations come out in favor of such a system. Because they're getting rich, making a lot of money just running these ads. And until you do see that day, it's a pretty safe bet that the candidates who have the richest friends will win most of the elections. And from what I've heard and seen in Congress over the past 50 years, I don't know if that's a good thing, do you?
Django here on the Humble Farm. I'm where with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. And you probably know as well as I do that people from away don't understand how we do things here in Maine. I have 200, 300 rhubarb plants. I used to give away a lot of rhubarb. But my friends didn't want to take it when I said it was free. So I started snapping a rubber band around a handful of it and putting it on a chrome-plated farm stand out by the road. You get it by the bunch, because if I ever put it out and advertised that I was selling it by the pound, even though it might be eight ounces over, there'd come a day when somebody would howl that it was one ounce short. But a bunch is a bunch. Nobody can find fault if they buy a bunch and get a bunch. One day... Always has to be one day to these stories. One day, a man from away was watching me snap it off, cut off the huge leaf, put the stalk on the five-by-five-inch top of an ancient blue spring scale that I carry down to the rhubarb patch. And every once in a while, I'd snatch up that rhubarb off the top of that scale, snap a rubber band around it, and throw the bunch aside. And after a while, a man watching said, that scale don't work. Cause it works. When I can't get no more on the top of the scale and it starts to fall off, you got a bunch.
Ghana. Someone told my wife, Masha, the almost perfect woman, that she would enjoy reading Pillars of the Earth. Now, knowing that it's about life in England 800 years ago, I found a synopsis of the plot. Halfway through the first paragraph, it said, Alfred comes to despise Jack because Jack is clever and can read. (laughs) Well, seems that nothing changes. Is this not the delineating dichotomy that causes most of the jealousy and hate in our society today? trying to sell a three-wheel bicycle on the list of Craig. You're familiar with the list of Craig. 
My friend John Hammer wrote this ad to help me sell this bicycle. John writes, Racing trike disguised to look fatigued so no one will steal it. Mechanically restored for go, not show. Be the first at the 4 p.m. super early bird specials. No one will pass you on the way to 9 a.m. bingo opening. And it is a steal at just such and such so many dollars. Must sell to pay for speeding tickets. <laughs> if John Hammer were running for office, wouldn't you have to vote for him?
resolve it. Ghana here on The Humble Farmer. You know, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Did you know that your cell phone conversations might be overheard by people who have radios, hearing aids, or scanners? Because cell phones seem to work very well at the end of my driveway, people often stop at the end of my driveway when they want to make a call from their cars. And I have a vague memory of being in a position to listen to them 20, 30 years ago. I'm, I'm not sure, but I might have heard them on the radio in my pickup truck. If you have hearing aids, your hearing aids might also pick up sounds that are passing by in the air. I have to take out my hearing aids before using the phone because they do all kinds of weird things. If you wear hearing aids, you might know about this. One day I was making a radio program like I'm doing now, using my wireless mic like I'm doing now, and the telephone rang, which it's not going to do now because I unplugged it. Ha, ha, ha. 
Anyway, this phone rang. Uh, this uh, these this wireless mic I have is part of a system with rabbit ears that stick up out of a black box. And when the phone rang that time, I heard things I'd never heard before. If you heard that particular radio program, which I made who knows how long ago, you might remember that it caused me to break down in the middle of a story I was telling. Unheard of, huh? Anyway, have you ever stopped to consider that the WikiLeaks brouhaha is really nothing compared to what your neighbor next door is probably learning about your personal life on his scanner? Django here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. You know very well that I still live in a village where my people have lived for over 250 years, so 
It should come as no surprise to you that I'm related to almost everyone here in town, except the new families that have moved in since the War of 1812. When I was a little boy, back when I was a little boy, Captain Thomas, who was born in 1877 and was a third cousin to me, when I was a little boy, Captain Thomas used to look at me and say, You don't know, you don't know. Now, I'm older now than Captain Thomas was then, and I finally understand what he was saying to me. You don't know. And I was... I understand now what he was thinking when he looked at me. I once spoke with a fine young man of 22 years of age or so, and I thought the same thing when I looked at him. You don't know. I wished that there was some way I could shift some of the things from my brain to his. I, I wished I could give him the pleasant memories I have of his people for six or so generations, and and how good all of his old ancestors were to me when I was a little boy. I knew his great-great-great-great-grandmother. That's four greats. I knew his great-great-great-great-grandmother. And when I was a little boy, her daughter, who was born in 1878, her daughter was one of my favorite people. And later there were some things I did with this boy's grandfather and some things I saw his grandfather do. And when I spoke with that boy on that day, I kept thinking, you don't know, you don't know. And it's just as well when it comes to some things that you don't know.
dim 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 gana. Claire, who is one of my Facebook friends, sent me a picture of her back door. Claire has eight foot lengths of firewood standing beside her door. Couldn't believe it. Years ago, years ago, when I was in the process of destroying my lungs with wood smoke, living with a stove that burned wood in the same room, years ago when I was in the process of destroying my lungs with wood smoke from a kitchen stove, I didn't do that with my firewood. I just threw it on the ground, and after a few snowstorms and ice storms, by the time March rolled around, I had to chop my alders out of the ice with an axe. I wished I'd thought of standing my firewood on end by the back door. It's the kind of technological advance that warrants a picture on any timeline showing the ascent of man.
Django. Ooh, time again. How time flies when you're having fun. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time, right here, on your favorite radio station playing old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. You have heard about body language. You know about body language. You've read about body language. You can tell what a person is thinking by the way they stand, by the way they hold their arms, their legs. The body language experts will tell you that anyone who has his arms folded across his chest is aloof and uncommunicative. Now, that might be true on television. You see people talking on television, one guy's talking, the other guy across the table has got his arms crossed across his chest. Uh, his chest. He's, he doesn't care what the other guy is saying. Now, this might be true on TV. It might be true in Boston. But on the street of Rockland, Maine, you see anyone walking around with their arms across their chest, it probably means that they, they slopped a little clam chowder on their sweater. resolve it please like stit would have resolved it stit always came back we usually came back to the root Marsha and i are not into fancy cars if you've seen us driving around you know that 
Maestro and I are not into fancy cars, and I mentioned that I would imagine from the ads I see on TV, a lot of people must be making a monthly payment to have a newer car than their neighbor. My friend Tim says, Don't assume that the motive to buy a new car is primarily competitive consumerism. The way cars are built these days and the way New England winters have always treated them, buying a new car is a strategic move akin to leaping from a rapidly fracturing ice flow to one that has not yet deteriorated. (laughs) Tim might well have added that some men do the same with their wives. But that is nice. Back in that exactly way the valley shoot the back and the women will be wacky They got away the entertainment. Hurry, hurry, hurricane. Back in that exactly way the valley shoot the back and the women will be wacky Fujiyama got your mama, then the drops increase. Send me cola and the soda, her shake milkshake, ten cents a piece. They hug you and kiss each night, boy. Jingle's worth the price. Back in that exactly way the valley shoot the back and the women will be wacky all the buttons. Here's something I learned on YouTube. I should thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you for listening, because it's almost time to get out here. Here's something I learned on YouTube. In Africa, they're using teams of rats to detect to detect 
tuberculosis bacteria and saliva samples from four clinics serving slum neighborhoods. And so far, the rats, 20, so far the 25 rats trained for this pilot medical project identified 300 cases of early-stage tuberculosis. These were infections missed by lab technicians and their microscopes. If not for the rats, many of these victims would have died and others would have spread the disease. Fifty years ago, fifty years ago, when I was a grad student at the University of Rochester, I learned how to train rats. I had a pet rat, Vilkas. I learned how to train him. But I had no idea then that rats could be trained to sniff out landmines or to sniff out disease. What have you heard about using rats to sniff out disease in this country? I doubt very much if they'd use that here because it's simple, nobody would make any money at it, and it works. <laughs>